The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Simon Coveney joins me now. He is, of course, Minister for Enterprise, Trade and Employment. Uh, Minister, you're welcome to the show. I know Thank you're you. very recently um, in the States uh, meeting, uh, amongst other people, uh, representatives from the tech industry, and we had this uh, kind of round of job cuts uh, here relatively recently. I don't think you were uh, even off the plane and there was suggestions that there might be a second round of job cuts led by Meta. So what is the state of play in that regard? Well, I mean, the reason I went to the West Coast of the States was was to meet as many tech companies as I could because to be fair to their um, their senior management here in Ireland, uh, in many of the tech companies, they, they simply didn't know what the impact on Ireland was going to be from global decisions uh, to cut to cut numbers globally, uh, and of course many of these companies employ tens of thousands of people internationally. Um, and you know what was very clear in terms of the conversations we had. Well, two things. First of all, the context around these jobs cuts globally was that many of these companies simply grew far too quickly over the last two years. So if you take Google for example. You know, they added 32,000 people globally to their workforce last year alone. Uh, and now they've made a decision to cut back 12,000. Um, and that, those kind of ratios are repeated uh, with lots of other companies as well that grew at a pace that simply has not turned out to be sustainable. And they've, they've had to make some cutbacks as a result of that. But I think that the important thing to say here in Ireland is the context here is effectively to take back some of the jobs growth numbers of last year. Uh, this is this is a correction within the tech industry as opposed to a crisis. Uh, and you know, funders and uh, uh, and banks are, are more demanding now of technology companies. They're demanding more of a focus on profit and perhaps less of a focus on dramatic growth. Uh, and that was a very clear message that I got. The second thing, though, which was very encouraging, was. It was very clear that the technology sector loves Ireland. You know, I mean, I met 14 tech companies combined. They they employ about 25,000 people across Ireland. And they all said that they were really happy with their workforce here. They were really happy with the skills that they could find here. And actually, uh, the, uh, the, the numbers of job losses that we're having to obviously manage in Ireland uh, from a percentage point of view, is a lot less than the figures that they had announced globally in the case of nearly all the tech companies, which I think is a sign mm. that they are that they like Ireland. And of course, once growth starts again, they'll be growing out of Ireland. And I think that was that was a very clear message. You know, companies like Apple, Meta, Stripe, eBay, Genesis, Cisco, Airbnb, Salesforce. You know, these are these are huge global names. Um, and they're in Ireland to stay. Uh, and Ireland is their European headquarters in most cases. And they want to grow and expand out of Ireland uh, again. Uh, yeah. But they but they did need to make a correction because of the pace of growth over the last number of years. But by the way, Apple is an exception to that. Apple isn't making any cutbacks. Mm. Uh, in fact, the opposite. You know, Apple is expanding their, uh, their campus in Cork to take on an extra 1,300 people. Um, so... So not all technology no. companies are making cutbacks, but, 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 uh, but certainly some of them have. Yeah, but at the same time, uh, as I say, uh, Meta earlier in the week, I mean, their shares rose on the suggestion that they were going to slim things even further and that this might precipitate a, a second round. I mean, were that to happen, and I know we're in the realm of speculation here, but were that to happen, w- would it be seen by you in the same context? This is simply market correction, nothing to panic about. Well, I mean, you know, Meta employ almost 90,000 people globally. 
you know, they made an announcement that they were going to cut their workforce by 13 percent. And that's that's a big number if you have if you have 90,000 people working for you. But in Ireland, they have 9,000 people uh, and they have announced a reduction uh, of just over 300 roles in Ireland. So so you can see nothing like the 13 percent that they've announced internationally. So, you know, I'd be I'd be hopeful that um, that we wouldn't see further cuts coming from Meta in Ireland. They're investing heavily here. They're, uh, in the next couple of months, we'll be opening a new headquarters in Dublin, which is a huge investment by Meta. Um, so they're, they're here to stay, and I think they want to grow out, grow out of Ireland in the medium term rather than the opposite. I mean, the other thing I'd say, look, of course, any job losses is a concern, uh, and, it's, uh, you know, and it's very stressful for somebody uh, who, who is facing the uncertainty of potentially losing their jobs in the tech sector. The one thing I'd say about that is, though, the people working in this sector are highly skilled and their skills are highly sought after as well. And I'd be very surprised uh, if anybody who's losing their jobs from from any of these big technology companies has difficulty finding another job. And I'd also be surprised if they weren't offered uh, generous uh, redundancy supports that go that will go beyond what's required from a from a statutory perspective. Uh, point of view so but look we'll be there to help them mm. as well uh, to make the transition into into a new job yeah and listen those big tech uh, companies can well afford those generous redundancy they packages um, and uh, it's not those just tech industry isn't the only industry here so it's not the only industry I want to talk about because uh, others more hard-pressed uh, and impacted by you know the cost of living is how we refer to it the cost of doing business is how others might refer to it what might those people, small and medium enterprise owners and managers up and down the country expect to be done for them next week from the government? Well, that's a fair question. I mean, I think, um, I mean, first of all, we, you know, we, we announced uh, on Budget Day uh, a big support package for, for all industry, um, uh, small companies as well as bigger ones, uh, in terms of helping them with their, with their energy bills. Um, uh, that was um, that was a scheme that uh, that we estimated could cost the state up you know over a billion euros. We haven't had anything like the uptake that we were expecting from that scheme. Um, that's the that's what's called the the TBEST scheme, uh, which is a, a temporary business mm. energy support scheme, uh, and it, it effectively can give businesses up to ten thousand euros a month from last September until the end of this month. In February, uh, and if there are multiple businesses in different addresses, up to thirty thousand euros a month to help support businesses that have high energy costs. Um, um, and um, for various reasons, uh, the uptake hasn't been what we thought it would be. There's been about thirty million euros drawn down in terms of supporting businesses. Uh, about twenty-two thousand businesses have applied. So we're looking with the Department of Finance at the moment as to how we can change and adapt that scheme to make sure that businesses find it easier to actually access the supports that are there for them. Uh, there's a lot of support. Was, was that one of the criticisms of it, that people, businesses who needed the money found it difficult to access? Yeah, some. I mean, we've done a lot of research in the last six weeks or so to really understand why more businesses aren't applying. So, I mean, we expected, you know, two or 300,000 businesses to apply as opposed to twenty or 30,000 businesses. Um, because the cost of cost of energy has impacted every household and virtually every business in the country. Um, so there, you know, there are uh, qualification thresholds uh, that we're looking at, uh, and of course the, the 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 bureaucracy in terms of in terms of form filling that's required 
seems relatively straightforward, actually. It doesn't look that complicated. Um, revenue have have tried here to make this as straightforward as possible, but it still seems that that um, people are either intimidated by it or feel that they'd have to take on a professional accountant to make the application. Um, um, and we're looking at at how we can make it easier for companies to access mm-hmm. those those energy supports. Because, I mean, money isn't the issue here. Uh, it's about trying to make sure that we spend taxpayers' money in a transparent way and give it to the businesses who need it most. Uh, and the hospitality industry, might there be faced with a VAT hike? But, well, I mean, look, you know, this was a, this was a temporary um, and targeted... So yes, uh, support um, that may happen. I mean, the, the government hasn't finally decided on this yet. I mean, you know, my department will be inputting into this. I mean, I have, I have quite strong views on this. Um, um, but what are they? This is a, what this are is your a, views? Well, my views will be around the cabinet table. We're we're meeting, I think, again tomorrow uh, to to look at how we can support businesses as a whole, uh, and and of course what we can afford to do. Um, but I don't think you're undermining the work of government by telling us what your views are. No, well, look, I think um, my role is to try to get the right decision here uh, and to work with my colleagues in government uh, to get that uh, rather than to be uh, trying to put people pressure live, uh, people under pressure live on air. That's not that's not how. No, but I think that. but I think if uh, people who work in that industry uh, know that uh, the government minister and the department uh, under which that industry falls has very strong views on what should happen, the VAT rate, they do want to know what they are. Yeah, well, look, I mean, my job is to look after enterprise uh, and businesses across the country uh, and to make sure that we're supporting them through what has been a very turbulent period. And even though the Irish economy is growing, even though we're at full employment, uh, even though we added more jobs to the economy last year than ever before, um, we still have to support businesses through uh, a lot of the uncertainty, particularly around their cost base um, um, uh, through 2023 as well. Uh, and we need to get the balance right because, you know, it's um, if we were to simply extend the lower VAT rate for another year, that would cost us cost us half a billion euros. Uh, and what the government has to do is we have to measure um, is that the best way to spend money to support businesses. But and my you, job don't, you is, don't think it is? Well, no, I, that's not what I said. Um, but I, but I'm saying we need to weigh it up against right. the other supports that we can give them. Um, but we haven't finalised decision. Uh, finalise the, the decision yet in relation to VAT rates and I think there'll okay. be a lot of discussion amongst obviously the key ministers are, are yeah. finance and, and public expenditure but ultimately I think this decision will come down to the party leaders. Okay. Uh, listen, before I let you go I just want to uh, ask about Nicola Sturgeon because with your previous yeah. ministerial hat on it, you would have crossed paths I'm sure a number of times. Oh, many times uh, how how uh, would you assess her political legacy today? Well first of all can I say she's one of the most impressive politicians I've ever worked with. Okay. I mean, and, and, and I don't say that lightly. Um, you know, she is um, a really smart, very courageous um, a politician. Uh, she's always uh, on point, if you like, in terms of, uh, you know, being at the, the sort of the edge of what people are concerned about. Um, and I, I think she's a huge loss to politics, I have to say, across the United Kingdom as a whole, but particularly in Scotland. Um, you know, she has effectively brought the, the SNP, her party, to new heights. She, I think, has been central to to bringing the support for Scottish independence to the highest point it's ever been at. Uh, I think, you know, she is respected 
by everyone in Scotland. Um, uh, obviously, she she has her political opponents, uh, but everybody I know in Scotland respects her, uh, and I think she'll be missed. And I think you know if you if you listen to what she said today um, about the the toll that the and she described it, not me, but she described it as the intensity and brutality of life as a politician has taken its toll on her and the people around her. Um, you know, I think, you know, as a 52 or 53 year old woman at the height of her powers, um, you know, it, it's it, it's it's a huge loss to politics, I think. Uh, and okay. uh, I think a lot of people in Scotland will will probably only miss her um, uh, uh, when when she's not there. Um, but certainly my dealings with her were always really positive, um, And you always knew where you stood with her. Uh, and, I, you know, I think it's a shame that public life is losing a really powerful personality. Simon Coveney, Minister for Enterprise, Trade and Employment. Minister, thanks a million for joining us here on the show. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.